go for it. Welcome to another episode of Barstool Film School, the podcast about watching movies, drinking, bars, and movies that are fun to watch while you're drinking in a bar. Uh, I'm your host, Dylan Quarles. I'm a writer, publisher, and a film school washout, joined, as always, by my intrepid co-host, Cameron Roberts, the one and only restaurateur and bar owner. Cameron, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, what do you say? Should we start the show? Let's do it. All right. Cheers. Cameron, so good to be back in the studio with you as it were. It's been a minute and a half since I saw you. You want to tell everybody where you've been or you want to keep your secrets close to yourself? Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I, uh, I got back from Thailand. Uh, I, we just, me and my wife, my wife is Thai, uh, and we spend a uh, good amount of time in Thailand if when we can. Uh, and we were there for two months. That is an obscene amount of time, actually. Yeah. I saw some fun movies uh, while I was there. Thai movies or American some movies? Some Thai, some some American. N- none of them were were great. Uh, but I the Thai Netflix has a bunch of Thai movies on it, so I was trying to utilize the Thai Netflix while I could <laughs> watch a bunch of random Thai movies. What uh, what stands out? Anything that we should you know maybe keep an eye out for if it makes it across the old the ocean? No. Not oh, wow. Particular. Jeez. <laughs> Ringing endorsement of they the Thai were, film industry right well, there. Well, I mean, the Thai Netflix film industry. Oh, I don't think that's, you know, okay. I don't right. you know, wonder, I don't know if that's a glowing place where movies go. But Oh, yeah. American Netflix isn't a glowing place no, where exactly. movies go. So, it's just, yeah, we can it, only imagine how it goes. A bunch of weird rom-coms. Mm. Some of them with some time travel involved. Mm. There, was, there was one that I thought was interesting in the time that it was set in. Because there's a lot of Thai movies based, like, in the kingdom period, like 400, 500 years ago. Okay, cool. But there's not a whole lot of Thai movies based in the time period of, like, colonialization. Ooh. Where, like, you know, because Thailand was never colonialized. And, it's uh, called colonized, colonized, but there you go. <laughs> Thailand was never colonized. <laughs> and uh, they kind of made a lot of deals with... Uh, with, like, the people who are coming in to, like, use the Bay of Thailand but not get colonized. Ooh. And so... This is like uh, Anna and the King, right? During that time period, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, and okay. There's, and there's not a whole lot of Thai-made movies. Like, there's Anna and the King. Right. But there's not a whole lot of Thai movies that show that time period. Like, that time period is really interesting, too, because, like, the Thai government was, like, forcing people to uh, wear hats and closed-toed shoes because they wanted them to, like, look more western so it's like they're fighting colonization but in some ways they're like conforming a little bit yeah they're trying to show like the colonizers that like oh hey we are also 
uh, modern. Like, you know, like, no need to march your military <laughs> yeah, in here. We're yeah. already coming along. Look at that. We yeah. have hats and we have shoes. So hats and fine. shoes is yeah. all you need. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was interesting. One of them was based in that time period, and it was kind of goofy. All the all the actors that they got to play like the colonizers. Uh-huh were real bad. Yeah. Like you could tell that they were just like people they I found in Bangkok who are just expats. They're like, why don't you want to play this role? Dude, <laughs> that's like one of my favorite things, no doubt, uh, about um, Hong Kong action mm-hmm. movies, like especially some of those later Eat Man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll be like, they love, the Chinese or obviously have bitter feelings about like British colonialization, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in Hong Kong. And um, so there's always like an antagonistic like British guy, but yeah. like nine times out of 10, it's an American dude doing a bad British accent accent or an Australian guy and it's totally somebody you've never heard of because why would you and they mm. just scooped him up off the street and we're like hey we need you know a menacing white guy to be in this movie it's like I always love yeah. that's like one of my favorite things about those movies is like finding the guy who's never acted in a movie before or maybe he's a stuntman and suddenly there, <laughs> yeah. he has a lot of lines and he's way oh, out of his depth yeah <laughs> there was a few guys in this movie who are like that and I was just kind of like mm, 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 all right cool yeah yeah yeah. So as you can tell by this conversation about Thai cinema, um, Cameron and I are just really chomping at the bit to talk about this week's episode, which is not <laughs> any no Thai has cinema. nothing to do with Thai cinema. No. Uh, this ep- this episode uh, is going to be a little different than the last one. The last one we did, Speed, which was an awesome, is an awesome movie, and we went basically blow by blow because you know when you're in a bar and you're watching a movie and it's Speed you're kind of not doing anything but watching speed. So that was the that was like the 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 attitude of the last episode. Um this movie is not speed. Uh this is a no. movie that you're going to be getting up and walking away from for a while. You're going to go to the bathroom yeah. like a long pee break. You're going to be ordering uh food, drinks. You might turn away from the from the TV for a while while you eat your food, mm-hmm. uh, you're definitely going to strike up a conversation with a complete stranger to avoid watching this film. Um, for large... Large swaths of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie is M. Night Shyamalan's Lady in the Water. That is this week's episode. I'm sorry, it's our second yeah. episode, people. We're just <laughs> figuring it out. No, I'm just kidding. I asked a bunch of my friends um, on the internet because we are taking requests for episodes, FYI. Um, you can... Send those requests to bsfsrequests at gmail.com. Um, but until enough start flowing in there, I um, I asked my internet film nerd friends, of which I have a lot, um, what are some great bar movies? Uh, and so I got a lot of awesome answers for better movies than this one. Um, but they were kind of like what you'd expect. Like, we were getting Con Air. We're getting Face Off. I'm going to stop naming better movies than this. Um, but <laughs> one... One came across my desk that really intrigued me, and it was Lady in the Water. And this comes to me from my friend Rhea. I will not put you on blast. Um, She said, and I quote, Maybe this is me and the circumstances where I watched it, but I saw Lady in the Water at Aunt Charlie's Lounge in the Tenderloin in San Francisco as a tipsy baby queer in 2010. And that may have been the only way I would have ever seen the movie. Well, Rhea, I have to agree with you. Um, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. No. Unless it's on in a bar. And I just happen to be, have lost the game of musical chairs that dictates what direction I face. Because um, this is my second time seeing the movie. And um, it didn't get better. No. I think I watched this in theaters. Oh. I think I actually watched this one in theaters. I remember it. I, because... 
This was this was his. So he had like I just was looking it up on DVD because I totally forgot he had some. That's don't spoil the magic. (laughs) We're just film encyclopedias over here, people. He he. This was so he you know he had two movies that did not get you know M Night Shyamalan had two movies that did not get a huge amount of uh, you know his biggest one was Sixth Sense I think that like kind of put him on oh yeah uh, big time. On the on on the map there on the radar, so yeah. To speak. And then he did Unbreakable and Signs. So and the now Village Unbreakable came after Sixth Sense. I always, right after Sixth Sense. It's for whatever reason in my mind those movies it's flipped. It's like Unbreakable was quiet and no one saw it, and then Sixth Sense blew up. But it's actually the other way, other way around. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, makes sense. And Unbreakable was still awesome. I so liked. I, I he, thought, had, he was on a run. I yeah, mean, Unbreakable, Sixth Sense. You mentioned signs. signs. And then uh, signs it has weird flaws in it, but it's still fun. It's still like that movie is like movie. 94% awesome. Yeah. And no. then, right, you know, you got a little bit of goofiness right at the end there. Yeah. Um, and then, then I'll even sanction a village over here. Yeah. I'll I actually, even. I actually, that's what I was just saying. I think I watched the village in theaters too. And I was still like, it wasn't great, no. but like you had a star studded cast who like actually tr- tried really hard and it's in that twisty movie. it's twisty yeah, it's, it's twisty. like it's fun oh the monsters aren't real oh wait are they oh no yeah. they're not again but yeah. it's like you know it, it kind of I, yeah. I, I remember the first time seeing it being like okay we're watching a monster movie oh no we're not oh wait are we actually yeah. and so it's you know cuz it kind of you kind of fish hooks you there and takes you back and forth and then the unfortunate super twist that was yeah. on you know we all know yeah um but then he follows well, that up with in, this, right? Yeah, this is the one after that. So I think I went and... Because I remember enjoying M. Night Shyamalan enough. Because I also like horror movies. And I, I think M. Night Shyamalan does a really good job making things scary. He, like he, he knows how to make things unsettling. Yeah, He's yeah. pretty good at it. Yeah. He has a good job. Even in this movie. In this He's, movie, The Sprinklers... Mm-hmm. Made me jump like twice. I was it was it was well the sprinkler timing <laughs> was really odd. you know it was one of the best parts you of this movie. You must be a scrunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the sprinkler timing was actually you know he did, he did slow he's got a zoom good visu- in. He's got yeah. a good visual style. The guy yeah. does, and I think that's why Rio was saying that this might be a good bar movie. And I think that's why I was like, okay, wait a minute, um, she might be right. Before mm-hmm. we go too far, yeah, two things. One. What are we drinking? Because we are drinking. We are drinking. Um, well, we have some Jameson, but we also have uh, this Croatian Pinot Noir. Ooh, actually. Croatian yeah. wines are quite delectable, people. Yes. Uh, hand-picked grapes from Croatia. Dalmatian Coast. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're <laughs> drinking fancy fucking wine and Jameson <laughs> that was on sale because it's almost St. Patrick's Day. So, um, And then thing number two, I mentioned, I said... Bar movie. I have not said past the bar yet, thankfully. So the thrust of the show, people, because this is only our second episode, and look at how good we are at doing this so far. Um, there's good movies. There are good movies. There are bad movies. And there are good bar movies. Sometimes good bar movies are bad movies because they're good to watch in a bar. Um, that means... Vice versa, too. And vice versa. That means the sound's probably off, you're reading the closed captioning, and you're in and out. Like I was mentioning, you're getting up, you're going, you're ordering drinks, your friends just walked in, you're not paying attention. Like, good bar movies are kind of a special thing. Like, sometimes they'll make you stay in the bar longer than you were intending to because you just kind of want to finish this movie out, even if you've seen it a hundred times or if you've never seen it. Like, I think the first time I saw, um, well, it was like the first time I had seen it since I was a kid, uh, Cleopatra was in your bar because you're Mm -hmm. a bar owner. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And I just ended up staying in the bar for like 
two and a half hours to watch Cleopatra because it was so visually like <laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, so Cleopatra, good bar movie. Lady in the Water, we will discuss. Yes, we will <laughs> we discuss. Will discuss. I think the idea was that um, because it's on mute and behind the bartender, you can't hear how stupid the dialogue is and how yeah. dumb everyone sounds yeah. saying the words that this man has pinned for them to say. Yeah, um, it is. It is rough. Some of the... I So, you know, I, I looked it up later and this is a fairy tale mm-hmm. that M. Night Shyamalan wrote himself yeah. for his kids. That's which what is he said. Cute. I, I, know, yeah. I almost feel like he... I, I've heard this as well. And I, I swear to God, I think he like came up with that story when this movie started getting bad reviews. Because like, yeah. what are you going to be like? We're dogging on a guy for telling his kids bedtime stories? No, but no. I will dog on you for like making a $70 million movie about it or whatever the fuck yeah, this movie Yeah, it was cost. $70, $70 million. Because they built the condo. They built the condo for <laughs> themselves. For that whole movie. But, I mean, you know, I will say that, I, as we just said, I think M. Night Shyamalan does have an eye for, like, the way scenes play out. So I think, you know, starting from that point, mm-hmm. he does have, I think, an advantage for, you know, passing the bar, just yeah. in general, because right. he has these long kind of... Shots. It's visually interesting. Yeah, it, vis- it is visually interesting. And there are a lot of interesting shots in this movie. Yeah. And there are also a lot of weird close-ups, I noticed. Yeah. Just like some bizarre it's, kind of close-ups. It can be very dull at times. Yeah. I, um, excuse me, I watched this while my son was napping. Uh-huh. So I had the volume pretty low, so I didn't want to wake him up. Yeah. And I was taking notes and stuff, and I was like dictating into my phone. So it was like kind of simulating the bar experience a little bit because yeah, yeah. like I really couldn't hear it. <laughs> um, so I have no idea if the music works or not, but uh, I will say that um, there was one scene in particular. We'll get to it because, like, again, we're not going to do a blow by blow of this movie because mm-hmm. um, we'll be done in ten minutes. Just nothing fucking happens yeah. barely, um, or everything that's going to happen is told to you in the first like 20 minutes this is what is going to happen in this movie and then it all just sort of happens and then that's that but like we're going to kind of um approach this more like what this movie deserves as a bar movie which is like the parts i paid attention to while i was at the bar watching it or the parts that stuck in my mind these are the parts that we're gonna i'm gonna bring to the table cameron's got some he's gonna bring as well Mm -hmm. um so again if you were tuning in because you're a lady in the water fanatic like a diehard like you have a lady in the water (laughs) chest tattoo and you wanted to listen to a blow by blow um, i'm afraid i'm gonna need to refer you to a different podcast because that is not this episode my friend so um cameron what is this movie about like in a nutshell. So I, you know, I can't even. Shell. I can't even. I don't even know how to explain what this movie is about. <laughs> I feel like it does that whole like animation in the beginning where it's like telling us mm. like long ago the humans lived on the water. Question I don't really. Mark, yeah, question, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, this is like when we crawled up out of the and ocean. Then there was like, yeah, and then there was like water people, mm-hmm. and then we humans got. We picked up our houses and we went away. Yeah, because we liked things and, and said then we, we wanted, forgot. We, yeah, we we had a need to own everything or something. Yeah, and then we then we, yeah, and then we forgot about the water people. Mm-hmm. But okay, so now this brings up the very first question that I had with this movie, uh, which was, why does that matter? <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, if that's where you're starting with yeah. this movie, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> well, like that was like you know like why? Do, what are the water people? have or do that is special and then i guess they're like muses for people who yeah, are writing there's books? there is a muse there's a muse vibe for sure like this is one of my main um beefs with the movie yeah is that like 
I'm a mythology head. I yeah. love mythologies, plural, not yeah. just Greek mythology. Like I don't discriminate. I really yeah. like um, mythologies, including Christianity. Newsflash: It's a mythology. Mm-hmm. It's all made up. Um, <laughs> I just <laughs> am fascinated by these. Yeah, <laughs> starting fights right second here episode. Let's Here's start some bad <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you tune into this podcast because you're a hardcore Christian and you have a Christ is real <laughs> tattoo on your chest next to your lady in the water one. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I'm like. I remember the what stuck in my mind as like things Dylan likes about Lady in the Water was oh it's got a lot of tie-ins to mythology, mm-hmm. um, not really though no because he's kind of like making his own mythology while also sort of doing nods to mythology like okay the the narfs <laughs> are such nymphs. a dumb name yeah the narfs are nymphs water nymphs yeah. but they're also muses. Mm-hmm. Kind of as well. Kind of, yeah. Um, they also can see the future, and they can see the future. So they're also kind of. They're also prophets. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of stuff there, but I cut you off. So the narfs, they the sea people, and we went away, and the humans yeah. went to the land, and now what? Now yeah, what? I just don't like. They're like, and they send narf children to help the humans. One is why? Like, yeah. why are they trying to help the humans? Because something, something, our worlds are connected. Yeah. And then like one line, throwaway line. And then, then the other aspect was like, what, like, I don't understand. Did she tunnel from the ocean? Dude, you will into, drive yourself absolutely insane trying to figure this out. Into that pool. I think the great eagle dropped her in the pool. Oh, the great eagle dropped her in the pool. because when they said... Uh, in the dumb little <laughs> cave drawing animation from the beginning, mm-hmm. that yeah. the narfs, the narfs are sending their children uh, to uh, help the men. the The eagle is like dropping them off, and it's like they go where the men live, right? Yeah, so they're yeah, like, yeah. So, 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 so I guess we're to be, we're led, we're you know to believe that this eagle dropped her off into the pool, into the pool, and then she made her own pool house, her little pool pool hole, yeah, yeah. pool hole, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so yeah. BDH Bryce Dallas Hayward, um. Welcome to the program. Sorry, it's on not under better circumstances. Yeah, she's. Uh, a, I mean, honestly, all of the people in this film are good actors. There's a good. Like, this is a stacked this is a cast. Stacked. It's cast. a stacked cast. Yeah. It's just they none of them have anything to do with what is no. happening in the film. Dude, Jeffrey Wright's whole character. Is so <laughs> oh my god, I can't even believe he's in. I forgot that he was in this entirely. Who would remember that? Yeah, I yeah. Know. I just reading um, crosswords. Bob Balaban <laughs> is in this movie for some fucking reason. Like. I just kept anyway. Yeah. Um, so Bryce Dallas Hayward, who we find out later is a Madam Narf, everybody. <laughs> so stick that in your back pocket because it turns out to be very important. Um, she is a Narf who has been dropped off by the Great Eagle into this pool in an apartment complex yeah. because she needs to find a vessel. Mm-hmm. We are throwing so many dumb words at you and, yeah. and saying they mean stuff. And this is my this is my beef with the movie mythology wise, like. These things should be vaguely informed by mythology. They should be. And they sort of are sometimes, and then they're completely not at other times. And yet they are treated as if it's the, they're treated with these aha moments. Like you grew up with it your whole, like you're a fucking M. Night Shyamalan's kid and you've been hearing the story your whole life. Aha. Oh, the guild. Oh man. I was wondering when they were going to come at, but it's like, I never fucking heard of this shit before. What are you talking about, dude? So like. So she comes to give the vessel the message and inspire him, but there's bad forces at play, and that is the movie. Yeah. We have to figure out what she's doing and how to help her do it and then how to help her get home. And um, 
as simple as all of that sounds, it takes almost an hour and 45 minutes to get mm-hmm. it done. And along the way, we make some friends. And we learn a little bit about ourselves. Yeah. And Paul Giamatti and, ends up saying, because uh, he's in this movie, he ends up saying, you saved my life. So yeah. that's fun. Well, there's, a, there's, I think there's a few things that I will pull from this that I thought were entertaining. You know, I thought I, there were some scenes that I thought were so dumb that I was entertained. Totally. Uh, there were also, and we'll, and we'll, we can get, go to those in just a little bit. But I also, you know, I thought that him doing the trying to figure out the mythology of it was fun like there was there was aspects of him like trying to utilize Mm -hmm. the old korean woman to find out the mythology i thought that like there was some entertaining aspects to that and i maybe i was imagining what the daughter because so the you know the the older Korean woman knows the story, but she doesn't speak any English, so he has to go through the daughter right, to find she out. she was told by her like grandmother. Yeah. So we're coming like generations. This story's been passed totally. down. Yeah. And I think it's a her, the the daughter, the Korean woman who's the daughter, I thought was really funny because she, like imagining it from her perspective is just, like this weird creep Paul Giamatti yeah. all of a sudden just is like really obsessed with like a story and so like totally. calls her while she's at a right. club and I just I think that is like so absurd but kind of funny but like in a lot of ways is explored no no she just acts like it's totally fucking normal she's no, never totally. faced she's like oh you're silly yeah and then proceeds no. to like nobody acts like this movie has creatures from another world yeah in it yeah and everyone who is supposed to be human is also acting like a creature from another world. Yeah. And this is kind of like a hallmark the, of M. Night Shyamalan movies a little bit. Yeah. Like nobody acts like human beings in his movies. So it's like almost expected. It's kind of like part of the world. Like, oh, everybody's just weird and quirky. Yeah. But like, at what point does somebody say, dude, Paul, are you okay? Yeah. Are you having like a nervous fucking breakdown right now? Because you sound like a crazy person. Yeah. There's no. that scene when he goes to the grandma. <laughs> And he's told Acting by like the daughter baby. to act like a little that kid is... so the grandma will see him as innocent. And I was like, this should have been Paul Giamatti's demo reel for fucking Joker. Because he seems like he's about to murder everybody in the room. Yeah. He's acting I unhinged. I don't understand that scene. There is, you know, absolutely no way no. that any human being sees another human being act the way Paul Giamatti <laughs> did in that scene and thinks... Yeah, now I'll tell him oh, a story. He's just yeah, a little he's boy. He's just a baby. This motherfucker has a goatee. Yeah, and he also and he's like, bald. He's got milk in his mustache, and then he just lays down on the couch like oh, a little baby. Oh, my God. It's insane. I, I don't couldn't understand it. how that scene was written. And like with any, like that scene in and of itself made it feel like a children's movie, I guess. Yeah. Which I guess this probably is. I, I mean, like this is his most kiddie movie. Yeah, this would probably be considered a children's movie. It was di- it was distributed by Disney, mm-hmm. so the mouse was involved. And this is like pre Avengers, the mouse, which mm-hmm. those movies mm-hmm. are even as violent as they sometimes get um, or yeah. seem to get. They're actually still pretty sanitized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was definitely wondering and noticing that, like, it had it has some trademark M Night Shyamalan stuff in it for sure mm-hmm. like he loves a jarring he loves family annihilators he yeah. loves this idea it's in a lot of his movies yeah like he likes to put dark shit suddenly in the movie it's like it's a spice yeah and it does up change the rest of the movie like cooking um sometimes for the better sometimes for the worse like split which is better 
mm-hmm. by this, yeah. than this by like a lot, and kind of like marked like a, a bit of a turn for him back to not making bad movies. Yeah. Although mm, we'll see with I haven't seen uh, Cabin not, in the Woods. Yeah, knock at the, the door. Cabin, or, yeah, something like that. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, I didn't see Old either. Uh, okay, so I saw Old, and I'll tell you that it's better than this. It's not good um, at all, but it's really fucking weird. And it just leans into how weird it is. And it has a really concise prim- premise. And yeah. it just it just leans into the premise so hard that no one's acting like a human being. Yeah. Because we're in M. Night Shyamalan land. Uh, but it is... It worked for me. Enough. Yeah. My wife kind of convinced me that this is actually not a bad way to spend, you know, a couple hours. Um, cause at first I was like, this is fucking trash. And then she was like, yeah, but it's like kind of good too. Right. It's, yeah. All right. So it made them a bunch of money. Old beach. Yeah. Wow. Because they filmed it on a beach yeah, yeah. during COVID yeah, because it was like yeah. one of the only movies that they could film during COVID mm. and they made a bunch of money off of it. And considering like the budget was like nothing. Yeah. There's because not it was just going like, on. yeah, it was just like a few actors on a beach. You know, a good cast again, yeah. a nice, ca- a good, pretty good cast. Yeah. And but but it's super contained. And and I see that happening in this movie too. Like we never leave the apartment complex, yeah. which I appreciate. I don't I totally do too. And actually I I almost think that is, you know, once again, the characters there's potential there because the characters in the apartment complex are what make this movie seem like it could be entertaining. This is the illusion that it creates, yeah, at least. That, like, yeah, that it has like, the most quirky characters you're ever going to see in the ding-dong world. Yeah, right I know. Yeah. And you're just like, you're like kind of waiting for it. And they have enough character actors employed in this movie to like actually, in theory, do that. Right. But they just don't. I mean. They're not given anything no, to, to work with. No. Um, One dude, all his entire character is just doing, what Jeffrey Wright's entire character is doing crosswords. Uh, what Jared Harris uh his entire character is just like smoking weed with a bunch of people and like except for it's cigarettes and it yeah. should be weed it 100% they're all the guys that are in the apartment and they just sit around and they're smoking talk about cigarettes music. and talking about they're smoking it's weed, weed. Give me but a like break. but like it's a kids movie so they're saying cigarettes but they're it's smoking a, it's weed, weed. you yeah. got freddie rodriguez with he's the guy who's lifting weights yeah. only with one arm yeah yeah um and 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 put a put a put a pin in that because i have thoughts on this is my one of my gripes with the movie. It it's summed up pretty perfectly with Freddie Rodriguez and also with Paul Giamatti's re, the mm-hmm. revelation that Paul Giamatti is the healer, mm-hmm. um, because this is important later. But yeah. um, before I lose the thought completely, M Night Shyamalan and his love of family annihilators, like dark shit, just popping up in movies and yeah. split. I'm watching it on an airplane, right, and I'm like, all right, I'm finally gonna watch this movie, and it's going along. And Anya Taylor Joy is in the movie, and she's kidnapped. And if you haven't seen the movie, you should yeah. you know check it out sometime. If not, whatever. Um, and then there's like all these flashbacks to her as a kid. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like suddenly we're just like doing child molestation yeah. in this fucking movie, yeah. like out of nowhere. And I'm like, uh, I'm on an airplane. I'm like surrounded by people. And I'm like, oh shit, like what is happening yeah. in this movie? Like where did this come from? Totally. So like he does that and has done that. I remember seeing um, Unbreakable for the first time and the scene when Bruce Willis. Um, is going out and really testing his powers and mm-hmm. he like discovers the bad guy of the movie who like just does a home invasion and like yeah. murders the dad and like t- chains up the mom and daughters and it's like whoa that's super dark yeah. like so this movie <laughs> is like this little doo doo goofy little yeah. kids movie and then 
like Bryce Dallas Hayward using her I'm um, narf mental powers or no, reading, she reads a journal. Oh, she reads his journal reads is his like journal. oh, a man came into your house and stole many things. Oh, and he killed your wife and kids. Yeah. Like that was the second part <laughs> now. And it's just like <laughs> okay, so um, all right. Well, I'm trying to have a good time over here, and I'm thinking about Paul Giamatti finding his entire family fucking dead on the ground. Like, but they they needed to do that, and the only reason why they needed to do that is otherwise Paul Giamatti's a child molester. Like, there, <laughs> like <laughs> he there is a scene where he first meets whatever Madame Narf and Story, and so yeah, I guess her name's Story, and like. This is one of the scenes that, you know, this is on my on my list of scenes that I think are absurd but also made me laugh, was he sees her and she's like laying on the couch and he walks over and stands over her and he goes, you're so young. And then the literal next scene is him laying on the couch and her like curled up in his arms half naked. Yeah. And I'm just like... Oh, this is <laughs> and it's like it might have super gross, and it might seem inno- it might have even seemed innocuous at the time when you first saw it. But now knowing that M Night will go there with Split, it's like, oh wait a minute, is that like rattling Dude. around in your head there? But though? also, she never puts on underwear this entire film. No, no, she's totally Bryce, bottomless. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard is naked this entire movie. And but before you run out and rent the movie, people. You don't, no, you don't see, see any of it. She just is no. walking around in one of his shirts for the entire movie. All the other characters see everything. Yeah, everybody uh, sees everything all the time. Yeah, but I <laughs> to jump to another scene that I thought was uh, absurd that has to do with the nakedness because she like needs to be in water, so she's like in the shower. Yeah, like laying on the ground. Yeah, like she's like she's dying. looking all like child. We're doing yeah. the, we are definitely doing. Like mermaid doing, in the water. We're doing the yeah. whole like thing. Like I said it on a different podcast. I was talking about the fifth element on Stamper Cinema. Check it out. It's a yeah. great podcast. But like it's that's a Luke Besson movie. So mm-hmm. we all know Luke Besson did Leon the Professional and mm-hmm. he's French. So the French, no offense, French people, but like you guys do like to explore little nooks and crannies that some of us here in the West, uh, in the American West at least, get a little uncomfortable with. So like Luke Besson definitely likes the idea of hot babies kind of mm-hmm. like and in um, the Fifth Element, the way he finds a way to get around it is it's Mila Jovovich, yeah. a 1997, I think Mila Jovovich. But she is a baby; she's a baby yeah. person. You yeah, know, she's like I don't even know words yet. And Bruce Willis is like, "Ooh, hey, yeah." So no. we're like, <laughs> so like, there's a little bit of that though going on with Bryce Dallas Hayward. Like, yeah, she's a no, baby sure. person, and yet we're doing a lot of like framing shots in a way that's not like Michael Bay male gaze. But it's male gaze. No. But it's a specific type of male gaze that can be a little uncomfortable. Well, yeah, because, like, she is in the shower. And this is, like, this, once again, this is a really dumb fucking scene. But, like, she is in the shower. And the beginning of the scene is, like, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan's wife. Or his sister. sister his yeah. sister. Uh, is, like, being like, hey, so I know you don't want to say anything because words are hard. Mm-hmm. Yes, but hard, you yeah. can use sign language to tell us yeah. things. Just and like it's wink like, if, I'm, if I'm right or shake your head if I'm wrong. Yeah, kind of. but it's not even like, she doesn't even end up using like a yes or no scenario. No, she's they like are, tugging her hair and she pinching is tugging her, her hair and like and, pointing and gesturing. It's like, if you can gesture that much to tell us, you yeah. could definitely use your words. Because she's it's like, not allowed to talk about the blue world. Yeah. That's the whole deal. But she can play charades about the blue world. For she can play charades out the ass. Um, you mentioned it, so now we have to talk about it. Normally, Mr. Knight 
will make a cameo in one of his oh, yeah. movies. He, so he, he is famously um, obsessed with and inspired by Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we see one of those Hitchcock um, zooms in the movie, yeah, yeah. Yeah. even. Um, so Alfred Hitchcock puts himself in, used to put himself in his movies, but in he would do a cameo like I'm walking some dogs in the background, or I'm on the new, I'm like I'm on the newspaper that somebody's reading. Mm-hmm. M Night Shyamalan puts himself in this movie front and fucking center, like yeah, he's he is the, the, he's the most writer. important character. Yeah. He's the vessel. The yeah, whole the... reason that she comes yeah. to the world of men is to find and inspire M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan to who write. Is, Who's a writer? Yeah. <laughs> as if nothing could be more important in the universe than writers and the power that we have. I am a writer, so I really identified with that. Just kidding. Yeah. No, like, and and he is not only a writer, but he's a writer that's going to inspire global change. Yeah. Let's let let's let's. Do, uh, this is my yeah. This is like also on the top five scenes. So she's like, I can see the future, right? Which is. Yeah. Once again, and they've met at this point. Yeah, well, they've met Polly at this G point. Because finds him, and he's like, "You must be who she's looking yeah. for." And he introduces them. And yeah. the, he's writing a book called The Cookbook, and it's really like his ideas and thoughts. It's like the anarchist cookbook, right? Yeah, well, kind of, or something well, like that. That's, that's this is the part that makes me laugh. Is then she's like, she starts talking about like she can see the future, and she's like, in the future, some kid grows up and has your book on the shelf, yeah. and. It inspires him, and then when he becomes an important person, like the he becomes like a great to orator. The, he becomes a great orator. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and he talks about your cookbook and quotes it. And I was just thinking, like, what if this is Donald Trump? Like, oh, <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, M. Night, like this M. Night, is, you yeah. know what? In, in order for that to work, Cameron, uh, it had to be. A he would have to yeah. have actually read a book. Yeah. Donald Trump doesn't read famously. <laughs> I'm not even sure that no. the man can read. No, that's very true. But I was just like, so if you have a Donald Trump tattoo on your chest but, next to your lady in the water and your Christ <laughs> is real, sorry, this is not your podcast. No, but I just, I thought that was because, like, she's talking about how it's like an inspired this person, and I was just thinking, yeah. like. Yeah. If he's writing the anarchist cookbook, I wonder which person... Like, Dude, it's President like, Molotov yeah, cocktail yeah. over here. He's <laughs> like, here's how you take animal it fertilizer and a, turn it into nit- fucking nitroglycerin or something. It's actually, the water people are actually trying to sabotage mm. the the humans. The they're bitter people, about all that. They're not sending their best. No. <laughs> they're sending narfs. Yeah. They're sending madam narfs and scrunts. <laughs> <laughs> because they're because they're actually trying to sabotage the humans because yeah. they bought they took all their houses away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the narfs are coming here. They're taking our jobs. They took our gerbs, um, so, especially yeah. pool cleaning and shower related jobs. <laughs> uh, so let's like let's get into it a little bit. So we've right. kind of given you the premise, in so much as there is one. Paul Giamatti is the superintendent of this apartment complex, and we meet a lot of goofy characters by him walking Bob Balaban through the um, apartment complex. Bob Mm -hmm. Balaban is playing the worst kind of human being in existence, according to this movie, the most dastardly and awful type of person ever, a film critic. And the only person uh, who dies dies in this movie. So M. Night Shyamalan is like, he has, Jeffrey Wright has some kind of, like, some line, like, who is... 
dare to think that they knew what made a person, what lie in a person's soul. Well, I'll tell you who, a film critic. These yeah. people are scum and they deserve to die I and they're know. wrong all the time. Because <laughs> that's he, like the main fucking thrust of this movie is that the film critic was wrong. Yeah. Because we no, like, exactly. not a lot happens in this movie. The one thing that happens, happens twice because the first time it happened, it happened wrong because yeah. the film critic. Yeah. Because no, exactly. film critics are fucking assholes yeah. according to the and film. Then, and then that whole scene felt like a completely different movie. Like where he gets killed. Oh my God. Where he's like standing there in the hallway ranting about how it's like a a movie. movie. Yeah. Like I'll near barely escape. And this is the way it's going to work because I'm a top you off. Yeah. I'm a, 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 a sub character who's, who will survive and then he'll come back later in the movie and it will be, you know, like... Yeah, I'm an unlikable it, side character it all of a sudden and blah, gets blah, blah, blah. super meta. Yeah, it thinks it's getting meta, yeah. but it is not getting it's meta. It's not. Especially when the, it has the um, audacity of him being like, I'll turn around and now is when I turn around and run and I'll get to the door and you'll get there a second later. And then he turns around to run and the... He just gets... He, the, the strunt just gets him immediately, mm-hmm. but it, it's like the most... PG death you'll ever see. Oh, like yeah. you don't see shit. He just no. is like he just is killed. You're just led. You know he just is. We don't actually know if he died. In that's, theory, that's very true. Yeah. We don't know. But but this you know this segues into the other weird loophole into this whole thing is like we know now because at first we didn't like. There's kind of some allusion to like. The people who are actually like magical can see the right. creatures or whatever. Right, right. There's special people yeah. and they're drawn to live near the vessel. Yeah. This is like, so everybody who matters in the movie lives in this apartment complex because M. the most there, important yeah. person in the world, M. Night Shyamalan, lives there. Yeah. So. And. And. And the so, fun is figuring out who these people are. Yeah. The and, problem is it's a movie and there's only so many characters and all the characters that are in the movie are those people. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and there's uh, the red herring with a couple of them. Yeah, with well, the mean, red like, herring with a couple of them. But they were, yeah. I mean, when the movie's matter. like, oh my God, can you believe Paul Giamatti's the healer? It's like, well, he's one of like 10 people in the movie. No. So I kind of figured he was somebody, <laughs> somebody. important. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no. And it, yeah, I, there's a, uh, but anyway, so we've already, we establish that uh, random people can see these scrunts, these mm-hmm. weird uh, grass dogs that are, that are dangerous. Yeah. And yet when they throw the party, so they throw a party to distract the scrunt so yeah. that they can get that's, this is their thinking. At least. Yeah, yeah. That they can distract the scrunt. So they won't Bryce Dallas Howard can be in the party and yeah. the, they won't know who's there. Anyways. But then the scrunt somehow weaves its way through the party guests, and gets her grabs this woman. <laughs> Grabs Bryce yeah, Dallas Howard no one and drags this. her out of this party by her hair. Hey, it's hard to say, but yeah, she's being Cause dragged. Because she, she has grass. scratches all over her legs, nothing on her face. Face first, she's being but dragged. But she's being though. dragged yeah. face first yeah. through the grass, which is a, a, a very, once again, beautifully shot scene yeah. of her being dragged through the grass. Yeah. Like a very violent, very, mm-hmm. like... I wanted there to be blood, mm-hmm. like yeah. or in a, in, a, in, a, in a different like. Now the cuffs are off with him a little bit. Like yeah. it seems like he's doing kind of R-rated movies again. I don't know yeah, if this knock is. at the cabin is R-rated. I think, I think is, Old yeah. Beach was either RPG thirteen or hard PG thirteen, but yeah. like the gloves are off again. Yeah, and another version of this movie, she's bloodied. She oh, yeah. should be bloodied. She should if she's dragged that far. Yeah. She is 
definitely yeah. bloodied. But so we we need, we need to we need to tell people who who um cause since now all the diehard Lady in the Water fans have left to go find yeah. that podcast that they really care about. We need to tell people a few important things here. Yeah. Um, because I've said it a lot. Um, there's a list of dumb words in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That are very important to know. Um, so while you sip your whiskey, I'm gonna read them. Narf. Mm-hmm. Sit with that for a minute. Narf. This is a water nymph. Now, in the film posits that narf is a Korean word. I used to live in Korea. That's not a Korean word. That doesn't even sound like a Korean word. That doesn't sound like a word that Korean people would have in their dialect or vernacular. Sorry, movie. But yeah. try again. Uh, Madam narf, which is a queen of the narfs. So we're calling them a Madam narf. Um, I just immediately thought of like some like bespectacled, bejeweled, like old-timey antebellum prostitute harem leader when I heard the word Madam Narf. Scrunt is another word that we need to think about because it's said a lot in this movie, and <laughs> it is the grass wolf, the grass yeah. dog, the bad guys. They're called scrunts. Yeah. And that's a... It really just makes me think of, like... A runts. butthole or oh, a taint-ish yeah? area. I don't I know why. Just, I just kept thinking of those Tasty Candies runts, <laughs> and I was getting real hungry. <laughs> Scrunt is a butthole in Cameron's world. Yeah, okay, well, because so. I was, you know, I was thinking of, you know, the 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 C word, mm. and I just, and I made me it's think close. of... It's yeah, close. Yeah, it's close. In yeah. fact, when I try to type it on my phone, that's what it changes it to. The, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, and then the last one that I thought was funny but dumb. Tartutic. Yeah. Tartutic. Yeah. Which this, I don't... This is where this is where he's trying to be clever, because he does this a couple times, like, needlessly complicates... He needlessly complicates the mythology in an attempt to make it mirror real mythology, which is al- almost always needlessly complicated. Like, you know, if you look at, like, a family tree of, like, the Greek gods, that shit will fucking turn your brain into spaghetti. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. So it's like I kind of see him trying to do that a little bit. Like the Tartutic is given one name, but it's actually four creatures, yeah. and it's and we do the same thing with the guild. It's one, but it has many hands. Oh, it must be a group of people. It's like he like is trying. It's like needlessly complex, and you could just call them the Tartutic, and that would be fine. Mm-hmm. But instead, we just call it Tartutic. Um, another Korean word, apparently. Uh, same with Scrunt. These are yeah, Korean it, it, listeners. Is, uh, yeah. Go ahead and write that email address I dropped at the beginning of the episode. Let me know uh, how often you and your fellow uh, Koreans are using the word scrunt or, in your daily life. Yeah. <laughs> Narf. Tartute. Narf. Well, you know, and it's interesting thinking about languages. And I don't know if this is 100% true for Korean. But you do speak two languages. I do so speak two please. languages. But like, and I, and I studied Japanese for a while. And, and I... I I think that there are some similarities as far as the structure of words, but usually it's, especially with Japanese, it's kind of like consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel, and doesn't, uh, especially, it doesn't really end on hard consonants. Korean Uh, is the same way. You can't end on a consonant. Yeah, it doesn't. So it just, it sounds really funny that you have Fs and Cs. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. In In, in Korean, in, in Korea, narf would be narfu. That's yeah, what they throw exactly. you on it. Like, cause when I was living there, like we always got a big kick out of like, you know, um, watching like a movie. We went to the movies all the time cause I yeah. go to the movies no matter where I live. But like, you know, they'd be like, 
Harrison Ford do? You yeah. know, for the new Indiana Jones movie. They yeah. would have had to put that U on the end because yeah. you just can't end on a consonant. So No, it's just the way that they're laying it's like the way the the actual scripture, the not scripture, the script works and mm-hmm. as far as that goes. And same with um, my wife's language. Karen also does the same thing. It can't end on a it doesn't end on a consonant. So like when you're putting the sentence together, it always has to have kind of like a, a little bit of a vowel noise at the end. Learn something new every day, don't you people? Yeah. Um, and M. Night Shyamalan would know this if he actually cast a Korean actor to play this Korean character. But instead, <laughs> the young woman who we've referenced a few times here, one of the people who lives in the apartment complex and is apparently not weirded out by Paul Giamatti at all, even though she should be. And the camera loves this lady, by the way. Yeah. If I was M. Night's wife, I'd be like, bro, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Like some of these shots and the way she's introduced... It's like you don't even see her face or head for no. like a while. No. It's just her butt and, and shoulders, yeah. Yeah, and, and like spaghetti straps. Yeah. Um the actress is American Chinese American. So yeah. it's, you know, swing and a miss. That's all I'm gonna say. On yeah, that I don't one. I, I don't know if they even I wonder if they, because they speak Korean in the yeah. movie together. Well, it says, yes, and it says, and this is a, an instance where this might be a better bar movie than a movie movie because her fake Korean-American accent is trash. It is fucking hot garbage. Yeah. Also, she presumably is American. Why does she have an accent? Have you never met an expat? Have you never met somebody, the children of immigrants? Well, also she sometimes does and sometimes doesn't. But it's just because she's actually from California, yeah, IRL. Like, yeah, I know. So, so her she, accent is fucking terrible. But if you're in a bar, it just... It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. You don't know. Matter. And you're like, this lady's killing it. You know, yeah. she's got... She's just here she goes, you know. So, because it says in the subtitle, speaking yeah. Korean, speaking yeah. Korean. So it's like, okay, that might work better in its favor as a bar movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Polly G... We meet all this these merry characters as he takes Bob Balaban, the awful, evil, horrible film critic, around, um, and then he goes about his his life, and it's very sad and lonely. And then in the night, he hears somebody swimming in the pool, and he runs out there to catch somebody. He shouldn't be swimming in the pool at night. He slips and bangs his head. He falls in, wakes up in his apartment. Bryce Dallas Hayward has saved him. She's naked. We are now off to the races. Weird naked ladies in my apartment. She tells me. She's a narf. We're just fine with that word, apparently. And we're asking the Koreans what it means. And then we are learning immediately. He accepts this reality uh-huh. that she is yeah. obscene. Him. Immediately. Immediately yeah. he accepts this reality. So it led me to believe when he slipped and hit his head, that was it. He never woke up from that. <laughs> and the rest of this movie is just him in a coma on life support. Yeah. Just uh, also, side note, is it Howard or Hayward? Howard. Am I saying Hayward? Hayward. <laughs> I, uh, my mother gave me the superpower of intentionally pronouncing people's names wrong. I can't help it. I was sometimes. like, "Isn't that Ron Howard's It's Bryce daughter? Dallas Howard. <laughs> Sorry. And then I was like, "Am I? Have I been dude, saying you just Ron stopped, Howard? You wrong? just stopped a thousand angry emails, dude. <laughs> you stopped them. Um, so the first crazy scene that I've got, um. Is Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. finds Paul Giamatti helps her find the vessel yeah. pretty quickly. 
He figures out who the writer is. She says it's a writer. I need to find a writer. He figures that out pretty fast. Mm -hmm. This is a way we get introduced to a few different other characters that are going to pop up later because he's asking everybody as he's doing maintenance Mm -hmm. around the building, are you a writer? Are you, oh, geez, are you a writer? And and honestly, at this point in the movie, I'm still okay. I'm like, I'm still. It's kind of going along. I'm I'm still on for the ride right now. It's good. It's good. I'm still entertained. I'm totally fine with it. Uh, Where I think it gets really stupid is, um, so she finds the writer, M. Night, and all they need to do is look at each other and then M Knight has the feeling of pins and needles. That's Mm -hmm. enough. Like that she's now done her muse Mm -hmm. uh, powers on him. And so off he goes and she says, okay, Paul Giamatti, that's it. I'm done. Um, I did my job. Now this great Eagle is going to come pick me up, but you can't watch for some reason, even though I know you're a special magical person who can watch and it's okay, but I won't know that till later. So you can't watch. So he, he's like, cool apparently i'm gonna go take out the trash yeah which also this part also pissed me off he started on the first floor and started picking up trash all the way up to the mm, fourth floor but you he kept bringing you the bag up with him i'm like this is he's no. gonna have to carry all five yeah. bags this all the way up real. it doesn't make any sense nope so i've <laughs> Who been the fuck does that? <laughs> in, a, in a former life uh because i've been alive for six million years i i was a maintenance and facilities yeah. manager and um, that's not how you take out the trash, people. No. You start at the, the top and you the go down. The dumpster isn't on the fifth floor. No, it's not. So no. it's dumb as fuck. And you, <laughs> I'm so glad you caught that. I was like, who the fuck is... Why are you going... Why are you bringing more bags upstairs with you when you're just going to have to bring them all Dude, back because he was too busy thinking up these dumb fucking names. Yeah. Anyway, so Paul Giamatti... He says, bye, BDH, and he goes into the stairwell, and he's going up, and then she comes running in, and she's like, oh, we have been hurt by a scrunt, and he's like, what's a scrunt? And then this, like, thing explodes through the door, mm-hmm. and it seems like it was added in post-production. I don't know if that's me or... Oh, yeah. It didn't seem like they were not reacting to it. I no. think they were just... I it's think he, weird slow-mo. I think he was honestly just the way it was filmed was he just hugs her as she's saying I was attacked by something. Mm-hmm. And he saw something that night, the first night he tries to take her out to the pool, um, back to the pool mm-hmm. where he found her, and he sees the grass dog. So we've already established that he's aware that there is a monster. But when this thing comes smashing through the door, which we don't see the damage of later and is never referenced again, um, I think that was added in post-production. I think that, like, test audiences were bored and we needed yeah. to, like, move the time frame up for the monster attacks. Yeah. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, she gets a little bit hurt. And so she needs something to get better and we don't know. So he goes and he asks the young Korean woman... Yeah. Um, <laughs> to ask her mom, how do you heal a narf? Yeah. Again, we're just going to sit with that word. And the mom says, uh, magic mud. Yeah. So called key. Which it's called in, key. Which in Thai, key means poo-poo. Okay. So, so it's a big piece of <laughs> Thai poop. <laughs> so, I was thinking, she's pooping in that dude in that pool cave. Dude. It's just her poop. Why were, Why wasn't there a scene when, because there's a scene when he's with the pool cleaner and the guy's like pulling out hair. red hair and being like, what is going on here? There should have just, <laughs> just been like, like a poop. few logs. Yeah, just, <laughs> just like, this is the weirdest poop I've ever seen in my life. It looks like goose poop. Yeah. <laughs> looks like you've just been eating a bunch of grass. Well, that's <laughs> all I could think about. I was like, Dude, she's just, her poop's magical. I mean, she's a magical creature, so her yeah, poop can be? be magical. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, and then was just, uh, you know, it's her, it's her pool poop, and she needs it to heal her leg wounds, which she just constantly gets leg wounds 
uh, in this. Yeah, that's the only thing that only gets thing hurt she by gets. the dog yeah. is leg wounds. leg wounds. So he, so we get this whole long, drawn out scene of like, how do I heal a narf? Yeah. And I need the key. So he yeah. dives in the pool, right? And immediately we get a voiceover of the Korean yeah. character saying. The exact what same thing we just heard. 35 fucking seconds ago. Yeah, like I, I wasn't paying attention. So this is maybe a check in the it passes the bar column. Is this movie is constantly <laughs> reminding you of me. the dumb shit that's happening because you might have gotten up and just yeah. walked away yeah. for a few minutes. So And and you know, to be honest, like film wise, when he's diving in the pool and like going through that, it's like, a good scene. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to scene. watch. Like I I'm like still yeah. at this point in the movie, I am still on board. On board. Yeah. Like, I am, I'm still, like, okay. Like, I'm not, there's some very problematic, like, to me, Paul Giamatti, I like Paul Giamatti as much as the, you know, as much as the next guy. You like him as much as he likes himself. Yeah. But I don't think he is the right, he looks too much, he, and the way they, like, he just has, like, a sloppy beard and just the way he looks in this movie, he just seems too much like a pedophile. <laughs> To, You're really stuck on to this be, idea, dude. To be like a the a dad because if if let's say if he is a dad character, right? If he's a dad, if he's a dad character, he is immediately getting Bryce Thank Dallas you. Howard underwear. Immediately, right? If he is a dad character, okay. immediately getting her underwear, immediately giving her pants mm-hmm. of any sort. Yeah, but. No, no. He he never he never does. Never gets her underwear. He's happy to have a little peek no. now and then. And they talk whenever they talk to each other. They're like inches they are away. Inches so fucking away from like, each other. I was like sitting there being like, did I misremember this movie? Do they fuck in this movie? Yeah. Or like, are they, or is it implied that they do? Because like, they are so close. It seems like they're going to start making out at any all the time they minute. talk. Every time they're just whispering and inches away a, from each other. It's another thing that he uh, Shyamalan Shyamalan. See, this is my name thing, guys. <laughs> I was calling Jeff uh, Daniels, Jeff Bridges last yeah, time. It's all over like, the fucking yeah. map. Get used to it. Get ready for it. <laughs> buckle up. Um, M. Night, though, will pepper that stuff into his movies, mm. too. Like, he is not a sexless filmmaker, which I appreciate no, about yeah. him. Like, Old Beach is dumb. It's really, really dumb. Uh, but there is kind of an interesting thing that's explored in the movie because everybody's aging really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but their mental state stays the same. Yeah. So there's like two kids that are little kids and then they both become teenagers really fast and they're playing alone and there's like this uncomfortable scene where they're kind of like giving each other like goo goo eyes. Like they don't understand these feelings they're having and they're, it's like, it's like, oh, let's play doctor. But it's like, no, you're both. You're both like basically 17, 18 year old. Yeah. And then the families are like, hey, where are they? And they're like, oh, they're over in there. Like run over. And the girl comes out of the tent and she's straight up like nine months pregnant. Yeah. Because everything's happening so fast. So it's like he will throw that in there. He will will find, as a horror filmmaker, um, he can be good at exploring sex as a way of inducing uncomfortable feelings or totally. even feelings of horror. So it's like, I'm watching this movie being like, ew. Dude, I know. That's, that's, that is. Paul Giamatti's going to start kissing her anytime now. See, that's, I think like, once again, back, you know, we get to this, you know, we're getting, you know, a third of the way through the movie when he's looking for the, the, the sea poop, poop to he- heal her. And I'm still on board other than the fact that 
they made her so childish that it feels mm-hmm. pedophilia. It does. Like, it's l- and if, if you, like, easy solve. There's an easy solve to that. Just don't make her childish. Yeah. Like, don't make her... It's it's a common thing that people do where it's like, oh, if you're otherworldly, you need to seem like a baby. Yeah. And it's the same thing that happens in, like, I mentioned The Fifth Element. It's like, it happens yeah. a lot in, like, alien movies. You yeah. get that a lot. Yeah. But it's like, this person can see the future and is apparently a queen. Why is she acting like a baby? Yeah. No, it makes no sense. And it's like, and then it also makes... Paul Giamatti's character creepy when they could just have sexual tension. Like there could be, he's a sad, lonely man. I mean, they build his backstory in the sense that he's just a sad. You could write it. You could write it. Just her character, just a little different. Yeah, just a little bit. Not weird anymore. No, but it is definitely structured. Super creepy. I mean, he's playing with that. Like I I would bet my bottom dollar that he's intentionally playing with that idea a little because they're so close when they talk. Yeah. So he goes and he gets the magic poop out of the pool and 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 while he's in the pool, right? Like where the magic poop is kept is in her little lair that she's made mm-hmm. in the pool, which like this opens up so many questions that so really questions. cannot be answered and they kind of try to when he's like, "Oh, did I see there was cracks in the wall so it's just going to like collapse one day when you're gone and no one'll know it was here." And she's like, "I can't tell you." And yeah. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's her answer to everything. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. I'm not allowed to talk about the blue world. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's also like, it doesn't, like, why? It doesn't even matter. Like, I I didn't need it. I, I kind of liked the layer. I liked the layer scene. I thought kind of swimming around was fun. And like, how he has to, like, suck, suck air, air out, out of the, the little glass, cups yeah. that she has in there. It's kind of cool. It was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. it there's, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, once again, that would, it's a cool scene to see in a bar. Yeah. Like, Exactly. This is why I brought it up. You're like, like, yeah, that's fine. This This is cool. Like, I'm, I'm, you're, once again, as far as other than the weird sexual tension between them at this point in time, it's still really like the scenes are awesome. I mean, like, even when he carries her out, he carries her out in the very first night or whatever. He carries her out the first time he sees the scrunt, right? That scene is. Is creepy. Yeah. I mean, like it. It plays well. You think I mean, like, it's gonna the get him. Camera it's... follows him out through the door, yeah. and then it's like over his shoulder, and the shadows in the back. And, and we it's get well done. we get scrunt POV a few times in this movie, and it's filmed with like a high frame rate. Yeah. So it's very like ooh, super smooth and kind yeah. of like otherworldly. Yeah. Um. So, like that sort of stuff does totally work for me, and totally this works. scene worked for me. Um. Because. I'm a sucker for like um, people having to hold their breath for long mm-hmm. periods of time underwater. Like I'm into free diving, so I get that um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. whole anxiety that can come up around like, oh, no, I don't have an exit strategy from here. So I kind of like dug that scene. I just thought it was really funny the way the movie had to remind us why Paul Giamatti was suddenly turning into a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Like, even though we had just heard 35 seconds before why he was going to need to go do this. Yeah. So that one stood out to me as like, okay, dumb as fuck, but works in the bar. Yeah. I, I could yeah. watch that scene yeah. and be totally no, fine good. with it. What's, 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 what, what do you got? I mean, I think those, that was, those, all those were good. I, I think the other thing that like stood out to me that was absurd, but also I don't know how it would play in a bar, but it also just doesn't make any sense. Like, this Bryce Dallas Howard is laying in the shower, mm-hmm. and at this oh, point, he in time, takes her to M Night Shyamalan's, Shyamalan's house. house and his where where he lives with his sister. Yeah, and, and then like, so she's kind of hanging out in their shower for yeah. a while. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm gonna go find 
all the other magical these people mystical this, people yeah. that you've told me I need to find. Yeah, and yeah. so he just goes around, and I just think about this. If you're just like I'm, you know, I'm Jeffrey Wright, and I'm sitting in my apartment doing crosswords, mm-hmm. and my kids there, and then the the land the the maintenance guy or yeah. the guy who's like looks after the apartments comes in, he's like, hey. There's a magical woman in a shower. There's a mermaid in a shower over here. I need you to come with me. <laughs> and so he gathers like, what, like 10 people. And yeah. he brings them to this room. Including like this group of stoner dudes. Stoner dudes. Who are like, it, All when, they're, when, they're show, when they're shown, like peeking in the shower, there's a lot of like licking lips and like Dude, it flicking is, eyebrows. It like, is like eight men. Yeah. He brings into this bathroom yeah. to see a half-naked... Bryce Dallas Howard, who is a child, like, yeah. <laughs> like laying in a in shower. A shower yeah. And they're all just, like, standing around. Like, it's imagine weird. how f- and weird that is. And there's, like, there's another scene where she's, like, really badly. So then she, you know, the story progresses. She, she gets attacked again. She gets attacked again when she gets dragged through the, when we were talking about earlier. She yeah. gets dragged through the grass. She's, like, mortally injured at this point. She's, though. like, her hair is even white now. Yeah, she's, she's dying. She's, like, dying, yeah. yeah. And and he realizes that, you know, the uh, movie reviewer gave him all the wrong people. So all those people who just went and saw her naked in the shower. Didn't need to. Didn't need to at it all. It turns out they don't need, they, none need of to those, be in the movie at no, all. No, they weren't there. They were not important at all. And so he ends up just going and finding a bunch of other people. Yeah. And bringing her to a dying Bryce Dallas Howard, and in one like of the, a basement, yeah. And all these people are like, "Seems fine." You know, one, the one dude goes, he goes, "Um, she's like dying. We should probably call an ambulance." And like, this guy, by the way, so I have to just pause the podcast <laughs> to say, uh, any new parents out there in the world, Mister Noodles from Elmo's World oh, is this individual, the the man he who he deeply respects. He's also plays. Oh yeah, uh, Carrie on Legion. No, he's not. Carrie on Legion does not is not the one who recommends going to get the hospital. Oh, it's not. Okay, it's the the dude who's only in this scene because every other scene he's oh, pooping. I know the guy you mean. Yeah, the guy, the man who has. See, this is what I mean. So the movie. This is what I was griping about earlier. So like the movie will say something like, "Oh, we need." To do our magic spell, a man who has no secrets. And it's like, okay, cool. And then they're like, oh, remember that guy whose wife tells everybody everything about him all the time? Oh, my God. Isn't your mind fucking blown? And it's like, no, because you're making this all up, dude. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> if you were definitely referencing, has secrets. If you were referencing <laughs> actual mythologies, right, <laughs> then you go, look yeah. how clever I am. Yeah. At getting you not to realize all along... This guy over here, he is an archetype for like an up, uh, you know, uh, an oracle at Delphi, an yeah. actual mythological entity, right? Yeah. Or or a, or a siren or yeah. whatever. Pick pick one, an, an an Odysseus, a Circe, whatever you fucking want. Um, but in this movie, it's all made up by M Night, so yeah. he's like, oh. Gotcha. You never knew that this guy was the Hinkle McCrinkleberry of yeah, the whole group. Or I'm just stealing from Keen Peel right now. But yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't fucking land. It doesn't blow my mind because, dude, you just told me it existed like three seconds ago. And now you're yeah. telling me this is I like didn't that. catch that at all. I like, I like when he gets pulled into it, I was just like, man, with no secrets. I was like, what? And then he like comes down there. And I just love his line, though. It's like, uh, uh so she's dying. Paul. You uh, just like dragged this lady into the basement yeah. here, <laughs> and what am I a party to right now? Paul Giamatti's like, 
goes to the old Mexican guy's house. He's like, I need your five daughters to help me cover up a horrible crime I've committed. I know. Like, like pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's just like, yeah, sure. Take all five of my daughters. Sounds and I'm good. not going to chaperone Down to the basement at where all. there's a naked woman who is literally dying at yeah. this moment. Yeah. I know. It's it fucking it doesn't make, And see, this is, and this is like where the movie for me, like, does stops, stops making sense. Like, okay, you know, you're in the pool getting... The, the water poop to healer sure. and then you're like then you're you know talking with the Korean woman to figure out the more of the mythology sure alright and then you find some people once you introduce cool. the merry band of magical people though is when this movie goes off yeah. the rails for me exactly and, exactly and, and the fact that they do that introduce this idea this concept that suddenly we need to have all these other people whose uses are a little bit ill-defined completely ill-defined and then no... the fact and then so we do that he gathers them and then it's wrong and we need to do it again I know. it's like that's not the thing i want to see more of no and, and yet that's so... the thing that takes up 95 percent of the middle of this movie and it takes up it takes up the last half I yeah. mean, you're the first half. You're getting to that point, and then mm-hmm. the last half is all of that. And, and I the think, first half kind of works. Yeah, the first half totally. I mean, like, <laughs> it's not great, but I mean, like, I'm still yeah. entertained. Yeah. But by the last half, especially when you do it wrong, and then they have to do it again, that part just is like, one, you're like, we need this guild of people. Okay, why do you need the guild? Exactly. And then like, you need the guild to throw do? a party. Yeah. So then they throw this party, and then all the bad stuff happens, and they're like. Oh, it was the wrong guild because That's the party the, didn't work very because, well. Because so, like they're saying, okay, so she gets attacked, but right in that scene we in, were talking about in the part during the party before the party, yeah, when the first time she's attacked oh, yeah, when yeah. she needs the magical poop, and she should not have been attacked, right? That was like against the rules. Yeah, so yeah. then they're like, well, what would make a scrunt break the rules? Yeah. Oh, because she's a madam narf. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> Now, because this now because the stakes have been upped um, in a way that means nothing to me, because yeah. again, this is all fucking made up, no, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, now we need to introduce all these other people because now it's going to be harder for her to get home because we have a grass dog that doesn't pay attention to the rules anymore. So then we suddenly have to get this merry band of magical people. Yeah. This is where I have my note that the movie goes completely off the rails into stupid town. Yeah. And then gets boring. It gets boring. So boring. For a while until the party scene happens. And then it's like kind of interesting. I'm bored for the rest of the movie. I will tell you this. The party scene for me works as a bar... Yeah, it works as a bar scene because it's largely has no dialogue. It's mm-hmm. filmed pretty mm-hmm. well. There's a lot of tension in the way it's filmed, like balloons just popping in the background yeah. for no reason. There's like confusion. There's too many moving parts. Yeah. I guess we're trying to say a lot that of people like a lot of shots over people's shots shoulders. Shots over people's shoulders. Yeah. We're trying to say that um Paul Giamatti assembled the wrong team. Mm-hmm. Um, because that damn film critic let him astray. These yeah, fucking and film all those critics. guys are smoking too much. And all to know what to the know what to do. guild just fucked everything up, <laughs> and it was all wrong. And we never should have listened to Jeffrey Wright and his stupid crossword puzzles. Yeah. We should have been talking to his son with the cereal boxes the whole time. Yeah, I love your eye roll. They can't see it, but yeah. I saw it, and I'm yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, so like that scene though, it does convey visually that. Everything is not right. Yeah. It's not right. It's not yeah. working right. Or chaos is happening, yeah. And and I kind of found that, like, 
a slightly compelling scene visually mm. and even has BDH being grabbed by the grunt yeah. and dragged. I like the dragging. Yeah, and he visually goes and pretty. he gets her back, Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. But then we go into, we yeah. go into this prolonged basement scene where she's basically just laying on the floor of a fucking basement while people stand around yeah. and talk about what they should do. And, and, and those no 20 minutes are slow as fuck. And no one says... Do you think Paul Giamatti just like straight up abducted this young woman <laughs> who's keeping her prisoner? Because like, what's happening here? Why would anybody <laughs> think this is normal? I mean, he goes to Mr. Noodles, who's like barely a character in the movie. He goes yeah. up to this guy's house. The guy who's uh, plays Carrie yeah. in uh, Legion mm-hmm. cannot recommend that show enough. Incredible, top tier fucking shit. Yeah. If it, if we're talking like X Men properties, yeah, it's like X Two, Days of Future Past, Legion for me. Like yeah. top of the. And, the, and the, the Logan. Oh, yeah. Logan's, Logan's up there, too. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the of the book Shane and the film. So Logan is basically just Shane. So I like yeah. that, too. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, it's totally weird to see. Well, it's, it's weirder to see the guy who plays Miss Carrie from Legion as Mr. Noodles yeah. talking to Elmo every day <laughs> with my son watching <laughs> Elmo. I'm always like, dude, Elmo, you don't know the shit this guy gets up to yeah. when he's not on your show. <laughs> but like, it's even weirder when he's in this movie because he's a nothing character and then he becomes the most respected voice in the room suddenly because yeah. he tells Paul Giamatti that I like fucking Googled you and I know your whole family was annihilated yeah. and you can't work here. He didn't Google here. him because Google didn't exist at this time with this movie. Uh, oh, it didn't? Well, it might have, but... He doesn't seem to be able to Google anything about uh, oh the story. Totally, like, he should just Google he, Narf. No, like, yeah, if he needed to, if, if Google existed when this movie was going on, then he could have searched what Narf was. He wouldn't have need to have, like drink to milk and get it all act like a baby. beard, and he would not have had to act like a baby. <laughs> so Google could not have existed. In this so scene. that scene is that a bar? Is that a bar scene? You're sitting in the bar I, and you're watching Paul Giamatti just spill milk in his beard. Yeah, or is that just like? Check, please. <laughs> I don't know. I, You know, honestly, it was such a weird scene that I might have been... It might be... It might be a bar scene. I don't know. That, there, like, it is... It's it's rough. I don't know. There are some scenes in this movie that you're just like, why did you put that in the script? Like, there's no need for it. Like, you could... You could she could have just told him. Like... Well, as it seems, the problem with the... Rela- the reason that he has a, such a terse relationship with the... Korean grandma or Ajuma for mm. those who know what I'm talking about is because she doesn't like him mm-hmm. because he's weird. Mm-hmm. And he has a stutter, which is apparently code for weird. Yeah. Not get, forget about all the other weird pedo shit that's going on with his mm-hmm. character. But like, um, his stutter so, got really annoying to me too. During this movie. Yeah. It's, it's so totally it's dicey. Well, the, he just, yeah. The it, way that we're going to get around this Korean Ajuma thinking you're weird is for you to act like a full on, Baby, baby. Yeah. with milk in your goatee and your bald-ass Paul Giamatti fucking head laying on the couch, yeah. hugging your knees. Like, that's not going to make her be like, under no circumstances are you allowed in my apartment, sir. No. When you act like a normal person, she hates you. When you act like whatever was going on in this scene. Yeah. And then you also have a weird relationship with this very young totally. Like, I'm just like, this, he's this got the nerve thing, and he's all over the fucking daughter too. I mean, he's <laughs> not because he's like he never sexualizes her, but she is sexualized so hardcore she's for this very entire movie. This movie. And he's always in the scenes when she's. Yeah, I it do, is weird. I have to say, I love. Uh, this is backtracking some, but it needs to be said when um, the Korean daughter 
after she gets called back from the club because he kind of mm-hmm. blows her spot up mm-hmm. and she has to come home. She knocks on his door. Do you see this hat she's wearing? Mm-hmm. She's wearing like a 1997 Britney Spears hat. It's like it's like a it's like a, it's like a I don't even know it's like a train conductor's hat, yeah. but it's made of leather. Yeah. Uh, that might have made this movie worth it. Yeah. But just by itself. I you know I, I you know in a weird way, other than her kind of bizarre accent, I. Uh, cause it just kept changing a little bit throughout the movie. But like, other than that, I thought her character was fun. I thought her character was fun. I thought even the mom's character was fun, you know, and I think Jeffrey Wright did a good job for what he was given. Yeah. He wasn't given you know? a lot, but he, he's a great yeah. actor. And so I, he brought it. And you know, for the most part, I, I think Paul Giamatti did okay in this. I did. I, the, the stutter really, it was like every sentence for a while like yeah. it, they just like they really wanted in the beginning of the movie to know for you to know he has a he had a stutter like, and then it goes away anytime he's around Bryce Dallas yeah. and so they really really wanted you to know that so like they just kept like in a way the the fact that his stutter goes away when she's around her is all he needs to believe that she is in fact yeah. A water nymph from yeah. the blue world. Which I guess, you know, whatever. If that helps the plot of the movie. How about the along, fact that he fucking fell and hit his head? Yeah. Why he's a he is supposedly a doctor in this <laughs> yeah, movie, by the way. It's revealed. Exactly. And he was a doctor. <laughs> and and what is he he's a doctor who developed a stutter because his family was murdered. I like don't know. Yeah. there's just so much wrong with, with this movie oh. that <laughs> so to the purposes of our conversation mm-hmm. and 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 the premise of this podcast. Might not actually come to bear against the movie in a negative way because if you're at a bar, mm-hmm. you are missing a lot of the dumb shit that's in this yeah. movie because it doesn't catch you like speed does. No. It's not just going to immediately stop you in your tracks and demand that you watch mm-hmm. it because you don't want to miss a second. You're going to be in and out of yeah. this movie. Like, you're going to miss half the stutter. Gonna, you don't even realize that he's stuttering at it all. It kind of doesn't matter. It no. comes to nothing. It doesn't matter at all. Somebody mentions it like one other time and he's like, oh yeah, that's her. And they're like, oh, well, this must be evidence that she is in fact a fucking mystical yeah. creature from another realm yeah. like because my, you stopped stuttering. My wife uh, was so annoyed by his acting in the beginning and she she goes because you know she's very superstitious and she has a lot of like uh uh cultural aspects there and she just goes you know if he just get if you take a pig vagina and smack him in the lips with a pig vagina his stutter's gonna go away really? <laughs> oh wow somebody please and alert. i was like hmm, all right <laughs> somebody it's, alert web yeah. to that well, one. I, go, I was like why doesn't the old korean woman tell him that story <laughs> I love that. My wife refused to watch this movie. She yeah. said, you have to watch it when I'm not home. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, uh, I guess to uh, keep it going, um, as far as some of the um, other goofy scenes that I thought were really funny, um, was when he was talking to the, the first original guild, the guys who were smoking, mm-hmm. and he goes... Should have been smoking weed. Yeah, which 100% were smoking weed, especially in this conversation where they go, he's like, you guys, you know, he's talking to, uh, what are, what's that guy's name? The guy's name is... Oh, he plays Lane in Mad Men. Yeah, he also, he was in The Expanse, um, the TV show The Expanse yeah, yeah, for a while. Yeah. He's in a lot of Jared stuff. Jared Harris. Yeah, he's played a lot of yeah, characters. Yeah, he's good. A lot of, he's great. And he's talking. It's like, weird because, to see him in this movie. Yeah, because yeah. he's such a small part, and he doesn't even really do. It's kind of like Jeffrey Wright too. It's like, yeah, whoa, just tiny. hey, welcome yeah. to the movie. You didn't yeah. know you were 
around at this and time. Like, do you guys talk about anything important? And the guy goes, we talked about MLK last week. And, you're, <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> That's important stuff, yeah. dude. I was just like, what? Where is that coming from? Like, who wrote that into the script? <laughs> oh, we talked about MLK last week. It's like, oh, right. And it's good stuff. It's so that's, that's, that's all they need to know. <laughs> I, know. I mean, this movie takes place in a not exactly defined time in the country. No. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of, like, I definitely didn't catch this the first time through watching it. But I, I, I noticed it this time because I had the closed captioning on, uh, as you would in a bar. Mm-hmm. Um there's some kind of conflict, armed conflict taking place. And like, oh, yeah. And, like, the U.S. is, like, invading somewhere. And it's yeah. not Iraq and it's not Afghanistan, but it's, like, we're definitely playing with all that shit because yeah. the forever wars are just getting underway when this movie was made. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're really saying something here. Um, but it's, like, those – that was supposed to be, like, the moment where – when later Paul Giamatti is like, oh, I think they're the guild when he gets bad information from the film critic. <clears throat> That's supposed to be the moment that tells you maybe these guys are actually important because they were, hey, they were talking about MLK earlier and yeah. these are t- turbulent <laughs> <know>. times. <laughs> That's the part that made me laugh was he's like, do you guys talk about important things? And the guy was like, yeah, we, we talked about MLK last week. And then like, then Paul Giamatti's like, yeah. That means you're the guild. Yep. Like you guys you are the talked guild. about Come MLK on. last week. <laughs> so Come meet this guys. naked mermaid that I have in M. Yeah. Night Shyamalan's sister's fucking shower. Yeah. And it's and then he's like, God damn that film critic for screwing it up. They mm-hmm. I thought This I movie takes some shots so at film critics. Nice. Bob Balaban, thankless job in this film. So uh. who who, 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 who what else do we have here? Like, what else is there even worth saying about this movie? I've got my notes. Is. I've got the chosen one. M. Night Shyamalan's chosen one of his own movie. That's dicey. Um, oh, the the other scene that really pissed me off in this movie, too, was the scene where... Because I don't understand the point of it. And it's just stupid. So Paul Giamatti's with the the girl... With the nymph, Madame mm-hmm. Narf, Narf. Sorry, yes, the Madame Narf. The Madame Narf, and he goes, "Maybe I should fight the dog, the grass dog." Oh yeah. Before, so I can I can like learn because how to fight she it. tells he because of this shower scene where she's doing sign language and pulling her hair instead of just nodding yes or no. She leads Paul Giamatti to think that he is the protector. Yeah. When in fact he is the healer. Yeah. Another aha moment that is totally unearned. But so he goes out there to protect. Yeah. But before he goes out to protect, she does nothing to explain how to protect. Right, it's all she. She, she does it he's on the, the walkie-talkie. That's so true. <laughs> While he's facing down this dog, she's like, "And now do all these things." Yeah, and he's I like, well, "What should I do?" And I she's like, that. "Now do this." And I'm just like, "You are gonna go out <laughs> Top and you off. fight a magical creature without, and like, you are gonna get the details on how to fight that magical creature via whiskey, sir. via walkie-talkie mm-hmm. at the time of." 
like at, as yeah at, at the, the time moment, of combat. Uh, yeah it's that is straight up insane i didn't I like, think about that when so i was watching because that was a scene that i was like is this working for me it's, it's <laughs> kind of because i'm a sucker for like walkie talkie scenes i know I just, <laughs> i'm totally like this is why like stranger things is yeah. like a, a, yeah. some shit that i can get on board with because i'm like i just love people doing walkie talkie yeah. stuff like no exactly it's it's just it's just it's enough of my childhood that like yeah so i'm like yeah of course he's going to be talking to her on the walkie talkie but it's like you're totally right. No, this like, motherfucker's about. He had all the time in the world in his apartment to go so through much time. everything. Yeah, but at least for, go over the details. Like, it doesn't. Well, make if sense. it doesn't stop when you're looking it in the eye, then you're not the chosen one, and you should probably fucking shag ass yeah, and get the hell that's out of there. One thing. Yeah. He also, like, she's like, if you hold a mirror up and look, look backwards, the mm-hmm. then you can see his eyes, and she's like explaining that to him. As he's as literally he's there, doing it. Yeah. and it's like, oh, wait, what? How do I do it? Yeah. And then like you're like, mm, I feel like this could have. What if could have? Yeah. <laughs> what if he's like holding the mirror up? He's like, so what if I don't see the script? Yeah. And then the radio's just dead. Yeah, I know. And then Paul Giamatti's just out of the movie. <laughs> she didn't I mean, explain it to him before maybe he went Maybe better outside. movie. Honestly, 100% better movie. You kill off Paul Giamatti halfway through. Suddenly? Yeah, suddenly halfway through. Dude, if this grunt is actually threatening, yeah, better movie. Yeah. Because he doesn't kill somebody until he's already attacked BDH twice. Yeah. So we've... the Her, her getting dragged is the most menacing we ever see this monster yeah. be. Yeah. And it's... We don't even actually see it happen. No. We just see her being dragged away. Yeah. Um, which is a huge problem I have with this movie, by the way, because the reason that they throw this big party in one of the scenes that yeah. does work for me in terms of bar movie stuff is because... They want it like you were mentioning, as many people around the pool as possible. Be and then the monster won't be able to smell Bryce Dallas. Hey, yeah, yeah. Howard Hayward. I almost did it. Uh, <laughs> that's the idea, but they've been led astray yeah. by the wrong uh, sign reader mm-hmm. in Jeffrey Wright because that damn fucking critic gave him mm-hmm. bad information. But this is their thinking, right? I'm sitting here being like, okay, like yes, it's a mythical creature. Yes, it's evil, but it is only the size of a Great Dane. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day. And yeah. there's like 10 of you at this point. Yeah. And ain't nobody got a handgun. It's Philadelphia. Like, yeah. shoot this fucking thing. Just yeah. honestly shoot it. See what happens. Just see what happens. Like, everybody's coming up with that all dude these. dude working out with one arm. 100% has Finally, a gun. Okay. That so guy 100% has a gun. stick a pin yeah. in, <laughs> in Freddy Rodriguez, and now let's, let's yeah. just say it. So we think... That Paul Giamatti is supposed to be the protector. The scene you were talking about, he goes out with the mirror. He should have been briefed on all of this stuff before yeah. he went outside, but oh well. Um, it doesn't work. He cannot like stun the 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 scrunt with just his yeah. eyes, his fiery gaze. It doesn't give a shit. Um, but in the very climax of the movie, when like shit's like really hitting the fan, and Bryce Dallas. Howard has been healed by the proper guild and all the right healers. Mm-hmm. And Paul Giamatti has been revealed to be the healer through stupid, stupid, stupid means. And, um, the Eagles coming, but Oh, here comes the scrunt. And then suddenly the scrunt freezes at the last second. And Paul Giamatti's there in the shot. And you think it's him that's frozen it, but it turns out it's not him. Cause he goes, Oh my God, it's you, Freddie Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. You're the one, you're the protector. Just keep looking at its eyes. Cause yeah. Freddie Rodriguez, who we haven't even mentioned is a character in this film who lifts weights only, only with one arm. No. So he, and his, and his left leg, he only works on one side. So he has an enormous 
right arm. Ginormous arm. Yeah. And then an enormous right leg. Which is like a thing that could be something, but is never something. It's never something. And he never uses it. Like, I'd seen this movie before, and I straight up had like visions in my head of him clocking this monster with his beast arm. Totally. Never happens. No. Doesn't happen. Doesn't make any sense. Why would you give that character attributes? Why don't you give him glasses and his glasses fall off, but it doesn't matter. He still has magic eyes. I mean, if, if stopping the monster is looking it in the eye... That's all you need. Yeah. Why do we need the giant arm? It never does anything. It doesn't it, do anything. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, he shows up and saves the day at the end. Uh, but for me, the real problem is, and it keeps coming back time and time again in this movie, this monster is not big enough. It's not menacing enough. It's not scary enough. It's not incomprehensible enough. And like, oh, we're going through all this trouble for what amounts to a large feral dog. Well, and also, there's no rules in the movie to make it so like Paul Giamatti challenges it in that scene where he like it goes yeah. out right he says some words that are supposed to be a challenge oh my god I forgot right? about the magic words so he, he says, says magic some magic words, words yeah. and so he challenges it so it's gonna attack him mm-hmm. and then somebody like the reason why he survives is because somebody else is walking around the pool and the dog decides and the dog is afraid I, of the other person see this is my problem and I the dog won't reveal itself to multiple people and yet it kills the film critic and yet it kills the film critic because so like, he's alone. Yeah, but I don't understand why would it kill the film critic didn't say challenging words. I think it's because it had nowhere to hide. Because it, it was in, in a hallway. In the hallway. In a, but this is my point. The monster needs to be more threatening. If all it takes to save Paul Giamatti's life in that scene where we were just describing when he goes out and he looks in the mirror and he yeah. sees it, but he doesn't have the power to stun it with his eyes and, and, and yeah. he's on the walkie-talkie with Bryce Dallas. Mm-hmm. And she thinks he's dead because suddenly he, his voice does cut out. And mm-hmm. in a good movie, he would be dead. Yeah. But in this movie, he's not because, LOL, we cut to a shot of him laying on Face the ground. Down, yeah. And Bob Balaban's there like, what are you doing? And yeah. Bob Balaban saved him by walking by at that moment. Mm-hmm. The scrunt was too terrified of one Paul Giamatti and one Bal- Bob Balaban yeah. to finish the fucking job. That's my problem with this monster. It's not a monster. It's not monstery enough. No. Like, throw me an American werewolf in London. It's killing both of them. Yeah, you know, no, a werewolf is gutting everybody at that fucking yeah. party. It's rampaging through the party. Yeah, that's what we need, and we don't get it. No, we get this monster that will hide. Way better movie. Like yeah. you, you oh have it God. killing. You have a party with a bunch of no names. Wouldn't that be amazing? And if they the party murdered. scene is just. All out mayhem, like yeah. this fucking grunt is just racing, and then it's like legs are just like flying shots inside the pool, yeah. like looking up, right? And then like all of a sudden, like a leg just like lands in the pool, and it's like yeah. drifts by the camera, and it's like trailing red blood, like jaws yeah. or something. Like now we're after the races. Well, and then instead of having like That's Bryce Dallas Howard, <laughs> Bryce Dallas, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard, instead of having her just like injured, and the whole reason and the stakes. Of finding the correct guild yeah. are to save her life. To heal her. To heal her. Because she needs to be healed. Instead, it's like... Because no more magic poop will work. No. She's been too mortally wounded. Yeah. And so, like, instead of the stakes being that, the stakes are, oh, now this dog's just, on, like, on a rampage. It's on it's a just fucking gonna, killing It's just going to kill everything. In this apartment complex. Yeah. How cool would that be? No, yeah. And like, then you're like... Even if it adhered to the rules of the movie, like, if it had somewhere to hide... Like, I think there's a line where the Korean grandma says, it'll kill if it has nowhere to hide. Oh, does she actually say yeah, that? Yeah, something no. along those lines. So 
it goes inside the complex. It, there's a shot of it running in, the, mm-hmm. in as the door swings shut, like down where the dumpsters are. Yeah. Now it's in the complex, yeah. right? And it has nowhere to hide. And there's that big concert happening because that's part of the whole party scene is there's a band inside and the whole, it's not even worth going into, but there's a band playing music. Now the monster's in an apartment complex. There's a band playing. You're cutting between the two things. Mm -hmm. You know, all these characters are happen to be out in the hallway or maybe they're making their way down to the band or maybe it gets into the room where the band is and it's just annihilating everyone. Yeah. This movie gets like, suddenly I'm talking about a four star movie. Paul Giamatti yeah. acting like a creep or not. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, it, diff- it becomes a different movie yeah. then. Then I'm willing movie. to like be like, well, he was creepy as fuck, but maybe that was like a commentary on something. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that we're not even doing any of that, it's like, I just don't yeah. even know what's happening in this film. No, I don't. And, and this, yeah, there's no stakes. There's, I don't understand what's going on. I don't. Like, if you're trying to, like, figure out what the plot of this movie is, there's a, it's impossible to try and even figure out what's going on. There's weird meta aspects, like the whole characters in the rain thing that happened. I don't know if you remember that, but he's yeah. talking to Bob at one point in time. And then yeah. he's like, he I says, hate it when romance movie. It, it, it he, always he, ends with characters talking in the, in the rain. rain. And yeah. then Paul Giamatti goes, well, maybe it's... Like them being washed clean. It's a metaphor a, for yeah, being washed clean in a in a new start, and then like the movie like baptism, basically. Yeah, yeah, and then the movie ends with yeah. you know it raining and him with Bryce Dallas Howard as she gets picked up by, by the, the eagle. eagle, which objectively beautiful shot. Like this does lead me into the I'll finish your thought. Yeah, but like yes, I have under like it's. In the water mm-hmm. as the rain is coming down and there's lightning and you see the eagle kind of yeah. come and then she just like disappears. Yeah. And I was like, like, like a, like scene wise, like wonderful, wonderfully this shot. Is, with the low angle looking up from underneath the water of the pool out yeah. into the world. This is what was informing my earlier comment about if the werewolf, yeah. sorry, if the scrunt did go on a killing spree at the party, yeah. you would have that shot, but like limbs and oh, yeah. bloody people no, yeah. would be falling into the water. It'd be something because we, totally he knows how to use... He knows how to construct these interesting shots. Like, yeah. I have feelings about some M. Night movies that don't mm-hmm. hit for me. But, like, the ones that do hit so well, yeah. in part, because of the way they're filmed. Yeah. Like Signs. Like, I saw Signs in high school with my high school girlfriend. And afterwards, we went to a park and it was night. And mm-hmm. I was actually scared. Of yeah. Aliens. I was scared of aliens. I live in a haunted Victorian seaport, but I was scared of aliens because the way the movie was filmed, the way he withheld imagery, and that is a positive I actually have for this movie. Um, Because I want to end on a positive if I can. Um, He does a really good job with how dumb and not menacing this grass dog is mm-hmm. of not showing you too much of it yeah, most of the sure. time. Yeah. Like somebody, some motherfucking Mickey Mouse studio executive definitely got involved and we see too much of this scrunt. Yeah, at certain points. But sure. you can almost tell, you can almost see the seams from where his original cut exists mm-hmm. and where... They got notes from a test screening mm. that says we need to see more scrunt. Yeah. And then you do. Yeah. Because like when even when like the climax of the film is happening, like before the eagle comes, the rain's pouring down, and the scrunt is bearing down on on BDH, and then it's frozen by Freddie Rodriguez who stares it in mm-hmm. the eye with his big arm. Like it's 
you see the shot. It's a wide-angle shot, and you see about less than half of the scrunt over in the extreme left-hand corner Oops, of the film. <laughs> like, it's... He, he's doing like Jaws. Yeah. He's not showing you a lot of it all at once. Yeah. Because it doesn't look good because it's computer no. animated. Yeah. And he has enough wherewithal as a filmmaker to say, this actually isn't going to look good. Yeah. Uh, if I show too much, which is the same with the Tartutic. When yeah. they show up, you don't really ever get a super clear yeah. shot of them. We haven't even talked about the Tartutic. No, we don't need to talk about we them. We don't need to talk They're... about them, but they were supposed to show up. I don't know what they, they broke down on the way to the movie or something. Because they're supposed to show that. up when the when the when the scrunts break the rules, and this scrunt is breaking the rules by trying to kill yeah. a Madame Narf, and so the Tartutic are supposed to come and fix that and they don't and then they do at the end. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense at all, but at least you don't see a lot of them. You but, know, you see just bits totally. and pieces. But they also okay. There's two. I have two, 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 two points to that. One is, I agree 100 percent. The the not showing was like I jumped more at when they just were doing slow zooms on grass where yeah. you didn't see you didn't see an animal but you knew like it was hiding somewhere mm-hmm. and then the sprinkler turns on and then I like I literally physic like I was like oh shit that was a jump scare like it it scared me because it, you're the not having it there and like the sound of the sprinkler yeah, coming kicks on, was, like, on. Was, was 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 jarring and I thought that was amazing as far as the tartutics go the it's way just Tartutic, remember? Tartutic, it's yeah. one, but tar- it's many yeah. for some stupid fucking reason. The Tartutic, uh, they introduce the idea of a Tartutic saying it's like pure evil. Yeah, it's the evilest shit ever. And they have this like really like, like the scene is when the it's like a voiceover and the camera's like going down through the trees and it feels creepy. Like I'm creeped out by this idea. And the ending, they show up and punch the dog and drag it off. And drag it off. And I'm just kind of like, uh, all right. Like, yeah. I don't... It doesn't really amount to much. One is, they didn't seem that scary to me. Yeah. Like, I don't... Like, where, where's the scariness on those? They just attacked the only villain that we have in this movie. And they're supposedly more villainous in their own way. Yeah. And I don't... Like, I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't... I, I just don't... And they don't show up. No. Until the very end of the movie. And For we have... Less than a minute. Okay. So... Remove the Tartutic, remove the idea of the Tartutic. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Have the people kill the dog. The people, the magic people are the ones who restore balance when yeah. a scrunt is being bad. Yeah. That's your dude with one strong arm punches the dog in the face. Socks that dog in the face (laughs) and it just turns into fucking grass clippings. Like that should have I I had a memory of that happening. I don't understand. I had a memory of of Freddie Rodriguez with a with holding the barbell, using the barbell Mm. like a fucking brass knuckles punching this dog into oblivion. Better never happened in the movie. Well the Tartuic serves zero purpose. For zero reason, they just there's no reason. It's just more of this like enriching the world of the whatever. It's yeah. just more. I was using air quotes, everybody. Yeah. It's just more of that shit, and it does nothing for the movie. They show up at the very end, 
And yeah, it's filmed kind of cool, and they don't show a lot of them, which I like is yeah. Once so again. The, cre- the creature feature part yeah. of me is like totally down with that. How about the Tartutic are the bad guys? Yeah, let's get rid of this dumb fucking dog, and we make a monkey man, like a grass tree leafy monkey yeah. man, the bad guy. Or they're both bad guys. Or they're all bad. Yeah, just let's have just... more more villains because the dog does not do enough. It, it doesn't, doesn't even do enough. anything. It's not enough. Anyways, it's not enough for me. It's it's you know it's probably a kids movie. Anyway, okay, let's we can. Just so does it pass? Does the bar? it pass the bar? Let's. This is the this is this the, question is the question of the ages. Yeah. Like, would you play this in your bar? Um, depends I on might. the day of the week, right? Yeah, I'm. In my, I might. I think that there is once again. You know, going back to the the. I think M Night Shyamalan does a great job. I think a lot of his movies do pass the bar yeah. in a weird way. They're because sometimes slow and boring, but. The way they're filmed yeah. is pretty engaging. Yeah, and and scene for scene, they're intriguing. Yeah. Like, if you're just going from one scene to one scene, you're intrigued. Whether all of those scenes <laughs> actually coalesce to make something that makes sense in any form at all uh, is something completely different. Yeah. I don't think this one does this movie does not make sense i don't know if this movie passes the bar dude i don't i i think the first half of this movie yeah would pass the bar yeah i think the second half of this movie is completely and utterly boring other than that one scene where after the party there's nothing good up until when when the very end Mm -hmm. when you're you know the the, this looking up through the water and you see the eagle yeah and then between that, which is like probably like 30, 45 minutes. I don't, I didn't clock there's it. There's not a like, lot. Yeah. There's nothing. It's literally nothing. This is my thought as well. It's like, it starts out, it pa- it, it starts out passing the yeah. bar. Then it doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, there's the party scene and it kind of passes the bar again. And then it doesn't. So yeah. it's like, it's not consistent enough. No. Like it waxes and wanes yeah. in terms of like passing the bar. And for me, that just doesn't cut the mustard. You know what mm. I mean? Like if I'm not going to, as much as I love your bars, dude, and I do love your bars, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there in the elephant room or the green room or the rook in Port Townsend, Washington, Manresa Castle. I'm not going to sit there and watch like... A bunch of people not call the police on Paul Giamatti, who was a naked woman <laughs> who was mortally wounded in the basement of an apartment complex. It, naked now, child. I don't even think because he says if she you looks introduce, so young. yeah. Well, it, the movie says she's young, but yeah. she looks like Bryce Dallas. Yeah. So, like Howard, uh, like <laughs> if you introduced more people shouting and grabbing him and being like, "What have you done?" Yeah, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like a gripping." And then he's like, "No, no, she's a mermaid. Please, I believe me." And then she says something like, "Do you want to know your future?" Yeah, and they believe her. <laughs> like now we're doing something kind of cool, but that just yeah. doesn't happen. No, Everybody's just like, just like, like, yeah, whatever, Mister Noodles. Literally says, I wanted to believe you more than anyone. Yeah. And it's like, why though, dude? So, yes, please. I need yeah. more wine. I need more of this delicious Croatian wine. So, folks, if you're listening and you're in a bar and they're playing Lady in the Water, if it's your cup of tea, then by all means, enjoy. Yeah. You know, two sugars, stir, sit back, you'll love it. For me, it doesn't pass the bar because no. it just doesn't have enough uh, chutzpah. It doesn't just, it doesn't go. It, it has too much downtime, and frankly, it's too stupid. It is very stupid. It is, it is incredibly stupid. I don't understand how 
I want to see a blooper reel of this movie. <laughs> Same. <laughs> where they're talking about the Madame Narf. Oh, yeah. And everybody and has trying to keep, to a, keep straight a straight face. face. Yeah, dude, like, like, I just can't. Paul Giamatti's like, like, hey, M. Night, can we change it to the Queen Narf? <laughs> Uh, no, Paul. The script says Madame Narf, and then they just have to keep saying yeah. Madame Narf. And they're just like, it's it's really important that you're the Madame Narf. And it's just like, oh, And then, like, BDH Lord. starts laughing, yeah, and they I have to, know. like, cut, try again. Yeah. How many times do you have to shoot those scenes where you're talking about? She's like, I, why was it? I, how, do I, how do I be the Madame Narf? I don't know how to be a Madame Knopf. She doesn't have that accent, no, but she should. She should. She should have a British accent. All the it would help, honestly. <laughs> At least in the closed caption, it would say mm-hmm. she. It, it would say says in a stupid British accent, <laughs> and you would have something to laugh or think about with your friends. So I don't know if you're yeah. in a bar and they're playing it. Like I said, you know, it's up to you. It's it's it, this is viewer discretion advised. For my money, it doesn't pass the bar. Cameron, you're shaking your head. You're yeah. the bar owner around here. I, I don't think I'd turn it on in the bar. I mean, once again, I think there's, you know, if you have multiple TVs, maybe an M. Night Shyamalan movie could go on there. In that, and this one could be maybe one of them. But there's so many, so many other movies that are so much better. That is that an actually play. excellent segue into the idea of a future episode where we delve into M. Night Shyamalan land, <laughs> but we pick a better movie yeah. that probably passes the bar. Yeah. I could think of a couple of his that might pass the bar. I think a few, you know, even, you know, even so, like, I'm not sure, like, Sixth Sense, fantastic film. I love that movie. Probably I've seen doesn't it, like, pass the bar. I don't think it passes no. the bar. It's a really slow movie. Unbreakable and definitely does not no. pass the bar. Once again, very slow. I think Signs does. Signs? Probably passed because that's falling into the territory of you've seen it so many times that you kind of know the beats. Yeah. Like most people, I would wager, have seen signs more than three times. I know that there's going to be people out there who are screaming in their cars like, no, I've only ever seen it once or never I've at all. I've never because, seen it, yeah. But like signs had the cultural impact that Lady in the Water definitely did, did not, not have. Sure. Like. No, yeah. uh, we're probably the only podcast in existence that's talking about Lady of the in the Water right now. Yeah, <laughs> like others, I'm sure have covered it in the past, but like this week, whenever this episode rolls out, and I don't know when that is, like no one's talked about Lady. Nobody's ta- so all those people who have Lady in the Water tattoos on their chest, mm-hmm. like this is what you have. This is what exists for you right now. Yeah, because unfortunately, the cultural impact of Lady in the Water does not measure up. No, it doesn't. It doesn't pass the bar. It's not a good movie. I was bored. But you know what, Rhea? I actually really appreciate the um I appreciate the yeah. request because it this podcast needs to be a little bit different than what you're expecting, you know? Mm-hmm. And for a number two episode to go just absolutely into turd town like this, that shows you that we're not going to shy away from mm-hmm. the stinky doo-doos of the movie world. Yeah. It's not all going to be speed and face-off, folks. It's not all going to be Starship Troopers as much as I wish it would be. Sometimes there's going to be a lady in the water, and that water's in your toilet bowl, and you need to flush it. Yeah. So on that note... <laughs> all right. I say just flush it yeah, off. Flush it off. All right, this has been uh, Barstool Film School. We've been talking about Lady in the Water by M. Night Shyamalan. We do not think it passes the bar, but we would love for you to come back for our next episode where we will be discussing another better movie, hopefully. Stay tuned, and remember, 
send your requests to bsfsrequests at gmail.com and we will totally add them to our list because we are not discerning. Clearly, we watched Lady in the Water. Mm -hmm. All right, Cameron. (laughs) Cheers. Have a good night. 